0: From the 1011 Now Streaming Studio in Lincoln, Nebraska, this is the End Report Husker Show.
1: Hello and welcome everyone. Bill Renschler in the 1011 Now Streaming Studio, joined alongside by Sports Director Kevin Suits. Kevin, nice to have you back in the studio after a weekend trip up to Madison. Nice weather, all things considered, for a November uh, Big Ten football game. It's but a beautiful the, day for football. But the result, again, lacking for Husker fans. Uh, I think if we, you know, we sat here however many weeks ago, and we were sitting at five and three. Nebraska sitting at five and three, and now sitting at five and six, still searching for uh, their sixth win and bowl eligibility.
0: Yeah, you know, when Nebraska went into the month of November, Bill, it was you got four tries for one win, and coming off the three-game winning streak Nebraska had, you felt pretty good. I think mm-hmm. fans all really liked the Huskers' chances, especially knowing the next two opponents were. Michigan State, Maryland. So that was kind of the window of opportunity. After those two passed by, then it's well, you got to get one of two. Wisconsin get slumping tougher. a little bit. We got to win on the road. Could it happen? Still feel like there's a chance. And here you are now in Week 12 against Iowa, a really good Iowa team. Uh, their their defense, especially, is mm-hmm. pretty salty. Can Nebraska find a way to win at home on a charged up? Friday on the day after Thanksgiving against their rival with the Heroes Trophy at stake. And oh, by the way, it's going to be Senior Day. It's going to be the last time inside the stadium for uh, about 24 players, we suspect. They don't have the official list out there. But uh, it sets the stage for what should be a pretty exciting day of football for the final game of the regular season for the Huskers. I don't want to say the final game of the season because... Bull eligibility is at stake yet again. Nebraska has one more try. They have to win this week.
1: Yeah, uh, and uh, and don't
0: come at me with that. Well, five and seven. There's going to be some five and sevens that make it, and now you're going to look at the AP. No, like I know that there is a chance,
1: but would you again? This is we could do a whole forty-minute discussion on this, but like, would you do it even at five and seven? Would you go to a bowl game?
0: Are you asking me or Matt Rule?
1: I'm asking Matt Rule
0: without question. Take the bull, uh, the bull eligibility or yeah. the bull possibility at five and seven. Trev Alberts would say yes. We're going to go to a bowl game if given the opportunity at five and seven. This is a young team, and this is a coaching staff that hangs its hat, uh, hangs its hat on developing young players. That month of practice would be invaluable. Especially, we continue to hear stories even this deep into the season. The coaching staff is talking up up Demetrius Bell. Haven't heard that name, I think, probably since signing day, yeah. He's put on 35 pounds, and Marcus Satterfield said, quote, he's going to be a freak. He's a wide receiver, and they love these young wide receivers. So I think the extra practices beyond November would really serve this program well, uh, and they would go a long way in not only momentum for the program, but also for – uh, getting to experiment with position changes and getting these young guys more time with them, instead of saying, "All right, equipment checking is this day and you know have a happy holidays."
1: Yeah. So going back to the Wisconsin game, though, I think I thought Trevor Purdy played great. I don't. You were there. You were on the field. What did What did you take away from Trevor Purdy in that Wisconsin
0: game? Surprised at how fast he was. Yeah, like he's that quick. was probably the the fastest I've seen him run. You know, he's played a little bit of here and there over the past few years, but explosiveness with his legs, didn't really know that that was a part of his game. When he popped the 55-yard touchdown run to start the scoring against Wisconsin, like, he looked really fast. He mm-hmm. outran some defensive backs.
1: I think he surprised everyone on
0: the field and even the announcers on the NBC broadcast he, as how fast he was. Yeah, he rushed for 105. He led Nebraska in rushing. And even when the Huskers went down the field and kicked the game-tying field goal at the end of regulation, like he had a couple of nice plays with his legs. And Chubb also uh, passed for more than 100 yards. And you could argue that that was probably... You could argue that was the best quarterback game of the season and it wasn't with jeff sims it was not with heinrich Harburg. it was chubba purdy who the week of the maryland game was working on the scout team
1: he didn't turn the ball over either i mean he threw the interception on the very last play of the game but at that point i mean i don't know if you really count that but yeah, you do but he took care of the ball for
0: up until the final yeah. play of the game yes yeah yeah
1: so do you expect him to start against iowa this week
0: i do I don't know how you do not start Chuba Purdy right now. Unless Heinrich Harburg is 100% healthy. And we know high ankle sprains. They can linger. They can pop back up too. Mm-hmm. If Heinrich is 101% and has an outstanding week of practice, then I could see them going with Heinrich. But right now, with what Chubba showed you at Wisconsin, um, and also the depth chart changes this week. It lists Chubba... Among the three quarterbacks, they mm-hmm. don't have an undisputed number one. It's says Chubba or Jeff or Heinrich. If you're asking me to place my bet right now, I think it's Chubba Purdy starting against the Hawkeyes.
1: So Iowa comes in, they just clinched the West. So maybe you could say that they you know it's a rivalry game, but they've clinched the West, so they don't
0: tell me they're gonna lack motivation. I no, don't think no, they no. would,
1: but you could make maybe make an argument that they've clinched the West so their job is done. You know, let's just no, get, through, get through this game.
0: And I don't care if Iowa is 9-2 and two or 2-9. Two and nine. That's a team that's going to come here knowing that there is a lot at stake, not only for the program, but for their fan base, mm-hmm. for bragging rights, mm-hmm. for the trophy that they currently do not possess. Mm-hmm. I understand from the Big Ten perspective, yeah, the game doesn't have any implications for the Hawkeyes. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of other factors that would motivate Uh, A ranked team coming here to Lincoln.
1: I think Iowa is kind of the antithesis of Nebraska in that Nebraska keeps finding ways to lose, and Iowa just keeps finding ways to win. I both think they're both very similar. Offense is not great. Defense is where they hang their hat. But Iowa just down the stretch, you see them make a play, break a run, score a late touchdown, that puts them over the top. Do you think that's a fair comparison?
0: I think that's pretty right. In fact, I... uh, had an interview with Trev Alberts today, and we're working on that for our In Report pregame show, which is coming up on Friday leading up to the Iowa game. It'll air from 10 to 11 a.m. I give, the game's on 10 11. On CBS, so there's that's a lot right. of fun and exciting things happening here uh, at our television station this week. And one of the things Trev shared with me as we kind of did uh, a rehash of this season, and I asked him about his analysis of Matt Rule and his first year with the Huskers. He said, Ultimately you're you're defined by your record. But as much as people don't want to hear it, there's not a whole lot separating 9 and 2 Iowa and 5 and 6 Nebraska going on the body of work. But the mm-hmm. records are pretty different and I think that aligns with your take of everything, Bill.
1: Yeah. And I think I mean Matt Rule said it early on Monday you know, couldn't be happier with with the, the the progression of his team, the growth of the young players, but angrier about the record. And then you just jumped into my next point: is pregame show, ten o'clock, flip on CBS. You know, maybe have some leftovers warmed up on the plate. You know, from uh, Thanksgiving. What do we got coming for that hour pregame special?
0: Yeah, thanks for asking. Uh, We've got a team of people working on it. Brett Baker is our uh, producer that's helping putting it together. Kendall Lanier is going to have a few reports in there. Chase Madison is going to be with me uh, in this show. We have even a story um, about, you know, it's the Heroes game, right? So Mm -hmm. the Heroes trophy is presented, but also each state identifies and recognizes somebody who did uh, a heroic community act. And... The recipient this year is from Nebraska. In fact, from our area, lives just south of Lincoln, outside of Hickman. Um, He came upon a car accident down in Wichita and saved somebody's life. So we're going to profile him in the pregame show. That's not the answer you were expecting from me. (laughs) Uh, We're going to have a few live guests. We'll be reporting from inside Memorial Stadium, and. We'll hear from Trev Alberts. Adrian Martinez is back interning on the business side of things at the University of Nebraska. We're going to catch up with uh, Adrian Martinez. Phelan Sanford, he's what, a defensive back for Nebraska? Yeah. He's a songwriter. He came to our studios, played the guitar, and sang for us. It's amazing. Our viewers are going to want to watch that. Uh, He might have a career beyond football in music. Yeah. Uh, And we can't wait to tell you uh, his story and share his talents uh, with our viewers. Uh, So, the whole lot of fun we're going to have along the way as well.
1: Should be a a ton of good stuff in that hour long pregame show. And I believe there'll be a little bit, a little bit of volleyball stuff, which kind of leads me into my next. We'll have a little bit of stuff in the volleyball on the pregame show. But volleyball, obviously, the big news this week they clinch the Big Ten championship. Uh, It was a road game uh, in Iowa or at Iowa didn't necessarily feel like it. There was a lot of red in the stands. You were there uh, in Extreme Arena.
0: There was a lot of red in there. It was their blackout day. (laughs) It was Iowa's blackout game that had a whole lot of red. And even the crowd gave John Cook a standing ovation as he came onto the court. And then Nebraska took care of business, maybe a little bit closer of a match than some of the fans expected because Iowa is winless in conference play. It went 25-21, 25-21, and then the last set, Nebraska just took over and got it done. They dogpiled, and man, that scene caught me by surprise because it's not like Nebraska beat Wisconsin or Minnesota or Penn State to clinch the title outright. Mm -hmm. It was Iowa, but it just goes to show that this team did not take that goal lightly. Winning the Big Ten championship meant something to them. And we know this team has national championship aspirations, but this was a big goal. They got it done, and it is truly remarkable that Nebraska has clinched the conference title outright. A Big Ten championship, by the way, because there are routinely four, five, six conference teams in the top 25. So it's a tough conference, Mm -hmm. and they got it done with a week left in the regular season. Week to spare. And I mean, the last week,
1: we all thought, because they're on the road, both Friday and Saturday, at Wisconsin, at Minnesota, we thought it might come down to the at Wisconsin match on Friday. But it's clinched, it's in the bag, and now, you know, maybe trying for that perfect season.
0: Yeah, find somebody that would tell you they thought that the Big Ten Championship would not come down to Nebraska versus Wisconsin. On the day after Thanksgiving, Mm. everybody thought it would be that or or if if it wouldn't come down to it, it was going to come down to the following day because there might be tiebreaker situation, something like that. I, I don't know that too many people, even beyond Nebraska, I think folks that cover and follow college volleyball nationally, regionally in the Big Ten. Everything positioned itself to, wow, look at this, the final week of the regular season. Sometimes, you know, in the high school football, you know, we cover a lot of high school football. In a district final, it lines up that the two best teams meet each other in the final week. And you kind of got that feeling with the way the volleyball schedule set up. However, Nebraska was so stinking good and so dominant that they took care of it. And it's now anticlimactic, them playing at the UW Fieldhouse this coming friday it'll
1: still be a great match again that's going to be on at three, Oh, three, it's huge
0: for wisconsin
1: oh yeah i you don't want you need, nebraska doesn't want doesn't want necessarily want wisconsin to fall too far and maybe you end up as a two seed in their side of the bracket which that would make life difficult but that's at 3 p.m on btn and then they fought, finish up the season uh at minnesota uh, on saturday at 8 p.m that match also uh on btn so again two tough road matches but John Cook could probably have it no other way heading into the NCAA tournament.
0: Yeah, and that's his motivation for his team right now is these two matches, though they don't have Big Ten implications, they do serve as kind of a play-in round to the NCAA tournament. It's going to help them get ready for the tourney, and the selection show is on Sunday. So uh, the volleyball season is really going to turn up here this week, if it hasn't already, just based on what Nebraska was able to accomplish uh, not only sunday but also on friday because they won on friday in a sweep over michigan that was the day that wisconsin lost to purdue which opened up the door for nebraska to win the conference title outright and
1: obviously we expect them to like i mean though they will host first and second round matches so they will still have some matches left in davani in the postseason they'll host
0: regionals too bill you think so yes i think that nebraska has the number one seed locked up all right regardless of what happens this week i I think Nebraska has established itself as the top team in college volleyball. I expect them to be number one on Selection Sunday. They're the Big Ten champs. They're yeah. undefeated. Yeah. And you know, sometimes I, I go on my rants about just I test, right? Yeah. This team's really good. Yeah. They have the best libero in the country, and Lexi Rodriguez, um, and and their defensive numbers are just outstanding. And then they just have enough. Firepower offensively. And this is all with Lindsey Crowsey and sideline. And yeah. it sounds like she's working her way back. They don't want to say she's going to play this week or next week. But she continues to make progress. And there is a scenario in which she could be back on the floor for the postseason.
1: Would like to see that. Again, she's just another dynamic piece uh, for that uh, for that team. Uh, uh, Friday's not going to be busy enough for you. I also want to mention soccer, Elite Eight. Uh, They'll be at Stanford, I believe, for a 4 p.m. match. Um, They've been a super awesome story to watch over the last couple weeks, hosting matches at Hibner uh, this last weekend.
0: Yeah, the crowds have been outstanding. I think that the fan base that has followed this soccer team has really fallen in love with them. They've got some stars that people are going to talk about for years to come. Eleanor Dale is now the program's single-season scoring leader. I think 27, 28 goals she's at right now, and she has just been – Absolutely outstanding this year, and she can strike the ball from anywhere and score. So they are in the Elite Eight for just the third time in program history. Uh, it's crazy that they got to play those first three rounds of the NCAA tournament all at home. There was some upsets on their mm-hmm. side of the bracket. They benefited, uh, but now it's going to really crank up. They have to beat um, one of the national championship contenders in Stanford. But right now, there's only teams, eight teams left, and the Hoskers are right there in the hunt with everybody else.
1: So it'll be at 4 p.m. on Friday. I forgot to mention also, um, Nebraska is
0: favored two and a
1: half points over Iowa.
0: Now, see, wh- careful, which line you're looking at?
1: I'm pulling it off ESPN's line. Because I always pull they our are lines off ESPN. all over the board.
0: You can find a line that has <clears throat> Iowa favored by one and a half. Mm-hmm. You uh, can find Nebraska favored. in. even on opening day for the line on Sunday, they kept swinging back and forth.
1: It's basically a pick 'em game. Basically sure. a pickup game. Over under is twenty six and a half. The big game or the under.
0: If you want to talk about the betting implications of this game, if you're into that, historically, last I saw it was tied for the lowest over under in the history of betting lines in and college football. I
1: was basically been at that point for the last several weeks, and the under hits
0: has hit every time. I believe so. Iowa is allowing twelve points per game. And you know, Nebraska's defense is really good, and Iowa's offense isn't spectacular. However, they, as you mentioned earlier, they find ways to win. I'm not saying that Iowa will win. I'm not saying Nebraska will lose. What we're saying is it's gonna be a low-scoring game. Yes. And that really magnifies a turnover, a field position situation. Brian Bushini just hasn't been the Brian Bushini we know over the past few weeks. And I don't know what the weather looks like for Friday right now Cole. at Memorial Stadium. It's going to be cold. What about the wind? What I mean, do we know about I that? mean,
1: it's it's going to be late November. I think the wind is always kind of whipping around in late November. So. Um, the Chance for snow has kind of gone down a little bit. I think uh, Brad uh, Brad Anderson had a 20% chance on there this morning. So, But that's something we'll watch.
0: What's the high temperature on Friday?
1: 36, maybe.
0: Oh, boy. And that's,
1: you know, the high, which is going to be in the afternoon. You're kicking off at 11. It's probably going to be in the 20s. So gonna be you want to bundle up for that
0: one one of the coldest games i've ever covered in my 20 year career was at iowa it was (laughs) nebraska iowa day after thanksgiving rex burkhead was on the team and i remember at halftime the teams ran into the locker room and i decided to remain on the sidelines because i did not want to move like my bones it was i was yes it was like i was frozen to the spot I was in, and it hurt to step. So it was so cold. And I remember that game, too, because I tried to explain that to so many people. And on TV, it was sunny out.
1: Yeah. And it didn't look Looks terribly nice.
0: windy. It was like, oh, it looked like an okay day. It's like... It's I of, well, get, I
1: mean, it's kind of like today. You look outside, blue sky, but you step outside, it's chilly. On it's television, windy.
0: you probably had the impression it was, you know, 45, 50 degrees. No, on the field, <laughs> it was 20 it, with the feels like of ten and it was miserable. We're not gonna say that we're not going to say that that's gonna be the case on Friday, no, but you're no. telling me it is going to be a chilly day. Yes. And uh, there's a lot at stake for Nebraska. Bull eligibility and in any program with the first year coaching staff, getting that extra month of practice is hugely beneficial. Not to mention, you know, it's senior day for the Huskers and you know a lot of those outgoing players would love to get one more game and to finally snap the skid, you know, it's been since 2016 since Nebraska's played in the postseason, and they would like to be that group that ended the drought.
1: And we're wrapping up here, one the one big news item today was Ty Robinson announcing he's coming back for his sixth year, I think he said. Correct. In 2024, which is
0: huge for that defensive line. Surprised me, to be honest with yeah. you, because he has received a lot of praise from this coaching staff, which – knows what nfl talent looks like and matt rule has said on multiple occasions ty robinson is an nfl caliber player if you remember a few weeks ago ty had i think one tackle but matt rule said he was dominant based on how disruptive he was in the opponent's run game and how he was able to constantly get to the quarterback so given rules analysis of ty robinson you just got the sense that you know he knows he sees the nfl potential here Ty's probably going to be pursuing that after this season. That's not the case. And, man, that is to the delight of Husker Nation because uh, he's going to—he's a veteran voice. He understands this defense, and he's really good.
1: that—is Nash – will Nash be back next year? Do yes. you know Is he still yeah. – okay. So you still – you got Nash coming back and Ty Robinson. So some that's – pretty
0: good pieces to work yeah. around, especially considering, you know, some of the guys that are going to exit the program – in the middle at the second level, Luke Reimer, Nick Henrich, I believe. Mm-hmm. I don't know, is he a senior?
1: I believe he is. And then so Quentin if, if, Newsom as well.
0: If they exit, you know, having experience up front in the middle, uh, Nick Henrich is listed as a junior. But then again, okay. when you see junior, senior, so you don't even know because no, of the don't. COVID year situation. Um, it's hard to identify, like, how many years of eligibility. Somebody even joked the other day that – Uh, Thomas Fidoni's in his third year in the program. He's a a freshman. freshman. You say that with air quotes. Yes. Yes.
1: All right. But, again, uh, pregame show starts at 10 o'clock on CBS. So, again, have your uh, Thanksgiving leftovers all set and ready to go and your favorite couch cushion, Uh, and we'll bring you tons of good coverage uh, starting at 10 o'clock on CBS. So.
0: Anything else before we let everyone go, Kevin? Oh, I got to tell you who's, uh, Ooh, on, yeah, the who's, who's on the broadcast because this is the first time Nebraska has played on CBS since the Gator Bowl in 2009, the yes. first year of Bo Pelini. The Huskers won that game, uh, so hopefully our our network can try to bring some yeah. hus- the Huskers some good juju. Uh, it's going to be Tom McCarthy on the play-by-play with Ross Tucker as the analyst. So it'll... Everybody knows the CBS college football theme music because you see it with Mm. all the SEC games that have national appeal with Alabama and Georgia and Tennessee, Texas A&M. It'll be weird to see him on CBS. You're going to hear that music. And right afterwards, you're going to see Memorial Stadium, (laughs) and you'll see that iconic inn on the field. It's going to be pretty cool. It will be. And I hope the viewers can really enjoy that.
1: Awesome. All right. Thank you so much, Kevin. Appreciate it. Again, Kevin's working very hard over the next couple days to get that pregame show ready to go. So make sure you tune in and enjoy. Thanks, everyone, for watching right now. I hope everyone has a nice Thanksgiving, and we'll see you next time.
0: You've been listening to the End Report Husker Show from 1011. Watch, listen, and stream on the 1011 Now app on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. For more Husker coverage throughout the week, watch the End Report on 1011 Sports at 6 and 10 p.m. and download the 1011 Now app.